0: Hello welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and news from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe.
1: Hey, Jonathan. How's it going?
0: It's going well. I'm feeling beachy this week, or about to be, I guess.
1: Um, and why is that?
0: Because I'm going to the beach.
1: You are. Yes. Yes.
0: We're going to the beach for Thanksgiving.
1: You're headed to the beach for Thanksgiving. Yes. We're headed to the mountains.
0: Uh, see, so, I bet you would probably rather be at the beach and I'd rather be in the mountains.
1: I don't know. I love the mountains.
0: Oh, okay. But I, I like but the I, mountains I, better than the beach too.
1: But I used to go to the beach for Thanksgiving and yes. loved that. And so that's what... So Thanksgiving to me is like my my memories are of going to the beach and, and eating crab eating legs. Crab legs. Yep. Seafood buffets.
0: There you go. Well, seafood buffets are not on the, the list for this week. All right. COVID has... Right. Ruled that out. Uh, and the fact that my family doesn't eat seafood, and I do, also rules that out. So I will be, I don't know, we'll probably have re- regular food just cooked in our condo at the beach. So we're just going to yeah. hang out and, you know, socially distance and hopefully have a great little week. And then come back and get back after it, after next week. So.
1: There we go. Yep, yeah. so, Similar, uh, similar plan. We're. Uh. We're going glamping, headed out in the RV, but that will keep us pretty much, every everybody at the place will be in their own, so...
0: Good time for audiobooks or books in general. So I'm going to take the uh, the Trevin Wax book we talked about a a few weeks ago. We got a copy of that sent to us. Thank you, uh, Trevin, for that. And uh, I think we talked about that on the podcast about a month ago, and... I know, I've got that I've got that book to read. So I've got a book to read. I've got a couple other books to read that I'm taking with me, but... Uh, some audio books and just gonna have to, you know, try to decompress a little bit, enjoy my time at the beach, and then hit it full steam ahead for the end of the year. Uh, but before we get going, I do want to once again thank our sponsor, the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary over in Fort Worth. This fall, Southwestern Seminary announced a new joint Master of Divinity degree and, and Master of Business Administration degree built in partnership with Dallas Baptist University. This new degree path is designed to equip believers with a versatile degree for today's church and marketplace. Equipped with deep theological knowledge and flexible business skills, men and women will be able to use this training to take the gospel all over the world, wherever God may call them. If you're interested in this new joint MDiv-MBA, then visit swbts.edu slash for more information. That's swbts.edu slash mdiv for more information. And I think they also, uh, they've got the online classes going. We've talked about those in the, in the previous episodes. Those start like first of January. You can get into those eight week classes. Uh, So that's coming up. So a lot going on over at Southwestern. Uh, But Amy, we start in Louisville this week. Uh, I think we mentioned it on the podcast last week. George Schroeder and I from Baptist press went up to Louisville, had a chance to sit down with Dr. Moller and uh, discuss his run for SBC presidency. Amy, you weren't with us. I I was in the room, obviously. We asked some of the questions even for the uh, interview here. And uh, George and I handled that interview with him. He was gracious enough to give us plenty of time, you know, about an hour, hour and a half. So uh, we had a great time with him and met with some other folks while we were up there at Southern. But your initial reaction to this interview?
1: Yeah, well, it's thorough. He well, gave a he he you all asked oh, you a lot the, of questions. You meant the you meant the answers,
0: not the questions.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you all get you asked a lot of questions, but he he went on the record with a lot of answers and uh so it it kind of gives his perspective on a number of different issues in the convention really hones in on sort of what he feels like is the state of affairs, particularly in how we're relating to one another. Talks a lot about social media, um, about how important it is for us to get in the room together, which, of course, we're feeling that since we had to cancel the meeting this year, uh, so we're feeling it even more than normal. But it is it is a lengthy article And worth uh, every read because you know, as as you've said, and as the editor's note says, Baptist Press is going to do this with anyone who announces as a candidate, and so Baptists and so Southern Baptists need to be informed as they think about that.
0: Yeah. So basically, the moral of the story is: if you want to have a big feature interview article in Baptist Press, announce that you're running for SBC president. Is that yes? That what it means? Uh,
1: apparently so. Or, you know, maybe you can do something else. Yeah, so maybe where were you where where were you? Were you in Norton? In his Hall? office.
0: Yeah. In his office. Yeah, we sat on one end of the room and he sat on the other end of the room. Very social right. distanced. Right. So for uh, right I, protocols. And I will say this, I was very, very impressed. I it's the first time I've been on a seminary campus since COVID hit. So I don't know what it's right. like at Southeastern where you are. You're right there in that area. But being at Southern, I was extremely impressed. I saw uh, there were plexiglass shields for where the professors stand behind, uh, the, to teach. And there were, um, desks that were spaced out, very spaced out. Uh, they have temperature monitoring stations with inside the buildings. Like we're walking down the hall and there's a temperature check station right there on the wall. You can just duck down, put your forehead up to it. It takes your temperature and tells you what it is right there. So it was pretty neat and you know hand sanitizer everywhere i i was extremely impressed and felt very safe on the campus at southern so i i was i was blown away by that by the way that has nothing to do with the interview right
1: right but just how they I, it did, It was yeah. just
0: really, really good. So I'm sure all well, of our campuses are like that. That's just the only one I've seen.
1: Everyone is having to sort of follow the protocols, particularly in their state or their city. And so there are protocols at Southeastern and I'm sure at you know New Orleans, Southwestern, Gateway, and Midwestern that are really allowing the students to be on campus. So I'm really sorry that I didn't get to be with you all. I would love to have been there, but... You were where I used to work. I used to work there on the second floor. Okay. Because the president's office originally was on the first floor, where the provost's office is now, and Went there the provost, yes, and the academic administration office was on the second floor. So my first job was up, probably not far from where you were sitting.
0: Well, I so think there was a lo- plaque that said in memory of Amy Whitfield. Yeah, it, it did. That
1: right here, next to the copier. Yes. yes.
0: Well. So. Yeah.
1: But it's a beautiful campus, and oh, I have a absolutely. lot of, yeah, spent, live lived there five and a half years, so I'm glad that you all got to go. I wish I had been yeah. able to be there.
0: We had a few minutes to nose around, so we we did that, and we took pictures. We went to the, the chapel.
1: Oh, you went to Broadish Chapel, yes. That we is sent you patterned. a picture from there. That's right. That's right. Um, So there was one thing in the interview that I found interesting that I did not know. And one of the questions talking about unique positioning to serve as SBC president, and Dr. Mueller talked about how involved he had been in the SBC throughout his life, and he talked about the robe that he wears for formal occasions, that that was the robe of his pastor. Yes,
0: I did not know that either.
1: Yeah, who had a PhD from Southern, and that that his pastor studied under A.T. Robertson, which a lot of folks... Listening, maybe we'll know that name, and that's uh, that's actually kind of a big deal, especially yes. those who know Southern Seminary history. At Robertson was a legend in the you know early twentieth century, and so I thought that was cool. Something I did not know.
0: Yes, so I highly encourage everyone to to check out that. Like you said, we will be doing these with all the presidential candidates for SBC president. So uh, they, he's the only one announced right now. So. As soon as another one is announced, you know we'll work on trying to set something up. So it took us a, about a month or so to get the schedules to work out with Dr. Mulder, but he was gracious enough to, to give us an afternoon, and we really, really enjoyed it. So I do highly encourage you to check out that interview in Baptist Press. Also, Amy, some good news from the IMB. We had a, another commissioning service this past week for 79 new missionaries.
1: Yes, and I heard a lot of people talking about this. This It's very exciting. It was streamed on Facebook. It was a virtual sending celebration, streamed on Facebook and through the IMB Advance the Kingdom app on Wednesday. Those 79 missionaries come from 21 states, and they will serve in eight of the nine affinities. So this was was really exciting. It was originally supposed to be held in Alabama at the uh, at the Alabama Baptist State Board of Missions meeting there, but because of COVID restrictions, it was held virtually. But that's a really great opportunity for everyone to get to participate. Um, thirty missionary semin- thirty missionary testimonies were included in the Sending Celebration, but then you can watch videos of all seventy nine. Hmm. at imb.org/send. So it's an opportunity for you to really see these missionaries that in in some sense belong to all of us. We're all sending them.
0: Yeah. So and do want to remind you that, you know, tis the season for Lottie Moon. So Lottie Moon Christmas offering kicks off uh kicked off a few weeks ago and the week after Thanksgiving is actually the week of prayer for international missions in the Southern Baptist Convention. So we'll be talking about that a little bit on next week's show. Yes, we will have a Black Friday show. Uh, we'll have a show for you next week here. We'll talk about that at the end of this show. But, Amy, we have a few more state meetings to recap. We start in South Carolina, where I was in attendance. Did I I, I didn't make the article, though. They didn't say, you know, Jonathan Howe was also in attendance. But I, I totally understand that, yeah.
1: It was kind of you when they sent that article in that you didn't, Like edit it and put yourself in the story. That would be a little heavy. That was very good. Yes. Yeah. But they did.
0: They did approve a twenty six point five million dollar cooperative program budget and elect officially Alex Sands, the pastor of Kingdom Life Church in Simpsonville, South Carolina, as the first Black president of the South Carolina Baptist Convention. So, congratulations to Alex over there in South Carolina. Had four hundred and eighty two messengers who observed pandemic restrictions. I can attest to that, masks, distanced seating, uh, very, did a very good job. I think I talked about that last week here on the podcast. So of that, 26.5 million, 45.5% will be sent on to national and international cooperative program ministries. Also elected in South Carolina, First Vice President Ron Henderson, pastor of Mount Nebo Baptist Church in Spartanburg, Second Vice President John Guidlock, Associate Pastor of Living Water Baptist Church in Long, South Carolina. Recording secretary is Kelly Funderburk, the member of Lakeview Baptist Church in Hartsville. And registration secretary is Keith Lancaster, the director of missions for the Ridge Baptist Association. Over to Tennessee, Amy, they celebrated gains during a, a really challenging year. But Tennessee had a virtual summit, not That's one right. in person. So they, they canceled the one that was scheduled for Brentwood, but had a two-hour virtual event instead.
1: That's right. So their board of directors met on November 11th via Zoom to adopt a $35 million cooperative program allocation budget, which is that's the same as last year. So they were essentially acting as the convention ad interim. But then they had this virtual summit as an opportunity, very similar to SBC Advance that we did in the summer and that Uh, Some other states have done something similar. They included a president's message, prayers from ethnic pastors across the state, various reports, worship music, uh, things like that, and then also some highlighting of ministries. And so it was a great opportunity for the leaders to report good things that have been going on even in the midst of COVID-19. More than 2,000 viewers watched the live stream of the summit. And then so because they did not have a regular meeting, the officers will just continue in their roles until next year. So that's President Bruce Chesser from First Baptist Hendersonville, also Vice President Chuck Groover, pastor of Victory Baptist Church in Mount Juliet, and second vice president Corey Kane, pastor of First Baptist Church in Seymour. So that was no elections. They will just continue next year.
0: All right, Amy, up to Michigan we go where they had a kind of a hybrid meeting, some online, some in person, had 65 people in person and 30 online with 15 guests in person. So uh, they had a theme and this is their goal. So by the year 2025, they want to see 500 churches in the Michigan convention, All right? So 500 churches right now, they're just under 300. They're at 294. So they want to see about 40 churches a year planted over the next five years, to reach 500 churches by 2025. Tim Patterson up there leading the Michigan Convention. And uh, I was just on a podcast with him recently. I need to put a link to that. I should uh, make that one of my recommended resources. Uh, They have a podcast up there, and I was on that recently, had a good conversation with Tim. But they also set their budget at just a hair over $1.9 million, and 27.5% of that will be passed on to national and international Southern Baptist Missions and Ministries, and their officers, they have a new president, Roy Henry, who's a pastor of Faith Baptist Church in Battle Creek. First vice president is Ed Emerling, the pastor of Westside in Flushing. Second vice president, Roland Caldwell Sr., pastor of Burnett Baptist in Detroit, and recording secretary, Jerome Taylor, pastor of Eastgate Baptist in Burton. Assistant recording secretary is Michelle White who is a member of Middle Belt Baptist in Inkster.
1: So now we go to Maryland, Delaware. Due to ongoing concerns related to COVID-19, Kevin Smith is the executive director at the the Baptist Convention of Maryland, Delaware, and the officers decided to cancel the 2020 annual meeting. So they have officers that all agreed to serve through 2021. That's Harold Phillips from Pleasant View Baptist Church in Port Deposit, Maryland. First Vice President Glenn Swanson from Bayside Baptist Church in Chesapeake Beach, Maryland. Second Vice President Andy Ellers from High Tide Baptist Church in Dagsboro, Delaware. Recording Secretary Stephanie Laferriere. Um, I may have said that more dramatically than needed, but she's from the Garden Church in Baltimore and Assistant Recording Secretary Mike Phyllis from Fenwick Island Baptist Church in Selbyville, Delaware. The Associate Executive Director Tom Stoll said there would be no change to CP percentages in the budget that currently allocates 48% of CP receipts on to national and international missions and ministries uh, through the SBC. They will decide the final budget in December. So they're just going to, they they had to cancel and they're just going to continue on until next year.
0: Keep on doing what they're doing. Every time we mention Maryland, Delaware, you know what I think of, Amy? What? Smith Island cake. There you go. crab. Oh. Yep. It's good
1: stuff, Baltimore. Uh,
0: Got me, got me longing for the beach. Oh wait, I'm headed there today. Awesome. Yes, you are. All right, over to the SBTC. We talked. The big news last week was the announcement by Jim Richards that he will be retiring at the end of 2021. But that wasn't all that happened at the SBTC meeting. They also had a big prayer event over there at Hyde Park Baptist. They uh, held the meeting at Hyde Park there in Austin. Kai Bowman, who is the president, is also the pastor there. So I had a great meeting over in Austin. Dr. Floyd and I think Julio were both at that one. So 415 messengers, 213 guests attended the annual meeting. They approved a 2021 budget of $26.1 million. It's a little down from last year, but they are also forwarding 55% of their cooperative program receipts onto the SBC while keeping 45% in Texas for ministry there in the Lone Star State. They also passed resolutions expressing appreciation to Hyde Park, affirming life, confirming the importance of adherence to civil authority, affirming the biblical structure of the family, endorsed religious liberty and worship as essential, and advocated for civility in social media and encouraged racial harmony. Bowman was reelected as president by acclamation. Other 2021 officers elected by acclamation were Vice President Richard S. Lewis, Jr., the pastor of Unity Baptist in Copperas Cove, Secretary Francis Garcia of Primera Iglesia Bautista in Odessa. That's First Baptist Church in Spanish, Amy. So I know that one. Yes. They also had a motion that came from Thomas McCarty of Tate Springs in Arlington, who moved that the convention adopt the Great Commission Baptist name, and that motion was referred to the board for consideration. And Amy, we rounded out down in my home state, God's country, Louisiana.
1: There you go. Yes. They held a modified meeting. And so they were able to have messengers there. Uh, Steve Horn really uh, just complimented messengers just for their resiliency during a very difficult year. They approved a CP allocation budget as well as some amendments to the Articles of Incorporation and bylaws. Their budget is identical to the one that had been approved for 2020. So they're basing it on expected contributions of $18,653,700. And they maintain the same allocation formula where they forward 36.74% on to fund national entities. And the amendments to their governing documents were Specifically about adding provisions for how to operate the convention during emergencies. So, a lot of that type of conversation is going on. David Cranford from First Baptist Church in Ponchatoula was elected, was re elected as president. David Jeffries, associate pastor of Highland Baptist Church in New Iberia, was elected first vice president. And William Smith from Lakeshore Baptist Church in Monroe, elected second vice president, all three by acclamation.
0: I went to First Baptist Ponchatoula during high school.
1: Oh, very nice.
0: Yeah. Probably talked about that last year when he was elected. He was not the pastor then. Okay. Anyway. Uh, So congratulations to them. All right. That's going to do it for our state meetings. Last thing, Amy, we have an announcement from the Sex Abuse Advisory Group and the ERLC related to sex abuse in the Southern Baptist Convention. Some priorities for 2021 that they have released, uh, including ongoing promotion of the Carrying Well Challenge to churches in the SBC, uh, since its implementation and adoption in 2019, more than 1,000 churches have participated in that, and uh, it was relaunched actually just a couple of months ago in September. It's also available in Spanish, so there's some great things there for that. What about the other things, Amy?
1: Yes, they're going to prioritize the development of new resources that includes guides on recruiting VBS workers and camp counselors, as well as updated versions of instructions on reporting abuse and responding to disclosures of abuse. They also are really prioritizing advocacy at the federal and state government level for laws and regulations that will safeguard children and hold perpetrators accountable. These are things like uh, there was something that was before the legislature in Texas, I believe that was that, that Bar- was kind Barber of had protection. A lot to do with that. Yeah, that was kind of protection for when uh, there's there are personnel matters, you know, to be able to. Re- yeah, churches to, being able to, to
0: tell the next church, "Hey, we fired right. him because he did X."
1: Yes. Yes. So this is, this is actually something that's very important and is the type of thing that does fit in what the ERLC does. The work that they do is to advocate at government levels when it comes to laws like this. They also plan to do a series of white papers on state policy issues, including mandatory reporting and statute of limitations. They've already published the first one um, that talks about enacting state laws to protect the churches and nonprofits from civil liability. Exactly what We were talking about when they report those allegations to a former employee's current or potential employer. So they actually have a white paper on the thing that we just mentioned and continued availability of video resources from uh, the Caring Well Conference, as well as some discussion questions, things like that. So they want to just continue building on the resources that they are providing for churches. And that looks like a good list.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, that's going to do it for the news this week and bringing me to my favorite part of the week this week in SPC history. Amy, blow our minds.
1: All right, so uh, we're going to go to 1973. As usual, it is state convention time of year. And I want to look at the BGAV meeting. This is the Baptist General Association of Virginia. They were having their 150th annual meeting. In 1973. So this predates the SBCV, So There was only one convention in Virginia. And it said two horsemen accompanied by a costumed group of followers on foot stormed the First Baptist Church in Richmond.
0: Well, that's one and, way to celebrate a sesquicentennial.
1: Yes. And they came in and then the horsemen dismounted and surged with their followers into the sanctuary.
0: They rode a horse. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Did they stop the horse at the door? Did they ride the horse into the sanctuary?
1: It says they dismounted. and So they dismounted at the door, I guess. I don't know. So they were dressed in the costumes of people who might have attended the first Virginia Baptist annual meeting. And then they so they cheerfully then granted their tw- um, they cheerfully greeted their 20th century counterparts and launched three days of the sesquicentennial celebration, which paid tribute to Baptist leaders of the past who endured persecution rather than deny their beliefs. So then you go on and hear a little bit about the meeting at that time. Uh, but I just want to bring that up that that is the most Virginia thing. Uh, having lived in Virginia. <laughs> um. That's the most Virginia thing to do, and I just love it. I love it. My favorite place to go and hang out on the weekends or family time, date night, was to go over to Colonial Williamsburg. And actually, one of the things I loved was one of my neighbors worked at Colonial Williamsburg, and every now and then you would see her at uh, like at the mailbox getting the mail in her full. Um, she was an in. They call them interpreters. You're interpreting colonial history. So she was in her full uh, colonial dress and hat, everything. And then I think I saw her at the grocery store at one time in that too. And so I just loved it because I thought, of course they did this in Virginia. Because that's what they do. And I love it. I love it. Okay. So if you if you haven't been to Colonial Williamsburg,
0: I all haven't. listeners, you, you need to been over this. I'm gonna to try to fix that in twenty twenty one. My yes, brother's moving to, to Norfolk. He, he just moved back to Norfolk uh, yeah. with the Navy. So Yes. I'm trying to make it happen. Twenty twenty one, October of twenty one. Yes.
1: But what I love is um, you know, we're doing state conventions. They're always doing state conventions, but this was a fun and interesting way to celebrate Uh, the history of a state convention, and uh, the costumed interpreters of the original Virginia Baptists, they were uh, storming the meeting this week in SBC history Wow,
0: 1973. All right, so this has nothing to do with Virginia, but did you know that Old Town Salem has a TikTok account? that gives you all the information of how they do things and did things back in Old Town Salem.
1: I did not know that.
0: I found that the other night, and it is glorious. I love it. Old They're Town making,
1: Salem is, is it's, really it's amazing. cool. It's it's yeah, like a but, mini
0: version of Colonial Williamsburg, I'm guessing.
1: Right. So when you go to Colonial Williamsburg, you will you will see.
0: I my love favorite, Old Town Salem. You know my, that, though.
1: My, my, yes, my favorite part of Colonial Williamsburg. So when we lived there, we did not get the whole pass for the year because the kids were just too small so to go you know through all I, the the things we we didn't but there are free things there so we couldn't go in the governor's mansion which I'd done that a lot of times uh, over my life but we couldn't go do that but you can go in the church and I love Bruton Parish Church it's still a, still a church that is functioning as an Episcopal church now but you go in there and they have the names on the pews of the People, so like George Washington, or oh, wow. or Martha Washington with her first husband, Martha Custis, and so you see where they sat. It's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, well that that would be fascinating. So, um, I, maybe I need to I need you know what I need to do I need to get like whoever's at First Baptist Williamsburg now or whatever the church is. I need a speaking gig or something. Come out, bring me out for a communications consultation or something, and then I can go to. Williamsburg, while I'm there,
1: something like that. There's a lot of churches in the area. We can look <laughs> in Hampton Roads, and we'll find you. We'll we'll find something for you.
0: Yeah, that that's quite. That's not really the right motivation, though, is it? To to do that. No, so. you
1: should just you should just go, and then you should also find the field where the giant uh, statue, the giant heads of presidents oh, are yes, from the presidential pre, from heads. President's Park, right? Yeah, which Oof. I went to when they were China starting freaky. to. Right. Maybe we can, let's, we'll throw a video of that in there so that people know what we're talking about. If you can find, there's a, there's a YouTube video, I think that shows that. So make sure you include that in the show notes.
0: Yeah. All right. We'll do. All right. So resources of the week, Amy, your resource of the week is.
1: So mine is a great story in Baptist press that uh, Rebecca Manry put together. She's a, an, uh, just a really valuable member of the team, but it's based on a video that the Baptist Children's Homes of North Carolina put out, and I actually saw this a few weeks ago um, in a in a worship service on on Sunday morning. But it's a beautiful story, a beautiful adoption story of a family here in North Carolina, and just this kind of con- this uh, just uniting of these two boys, these brothers, uh, with their mom and dad, and. Just, just great. So, I want to throw that story in there. November is National Adoption Month, and you can really see the great work that a lot of our children's homes uh, in a number of our states are doing. But you got to catch the video too. It's at the bottom of the story, so that's my resource.
0: All right. Well, mine has absolutely nothing to do with anything we've talked about today, but it's the other podcast that I'm a part of. Uh, Chris Martin, Elizabeth Hyman, and I do a podcast just really on social media. Well it's usually on social media this past week though we had kendall baker on who kendall for most of you who may not know kendall does axio sports the newsletter and so every morning i'm a subscriber been a subscriber since day one with this one but it's just the best sports newsletter out there it gives you all the information about what's going on so if you're a big sports guy like i am and amy's amy's a big sports person too she won't admit it but she is uh but If if you're a big sports person, I highly recommend that newsletter. But I also recommend the latest episode of Social Cues, which we sit down and talk to Kendall about and newsletter building and different things like that, just his journey. So we talk a little bit about sports, but we also talk about newsletters. So if your church is doing a newsletter, if you do a ministry newsletter, those kind of things, highly recommend this because we talk about the aspects of newsletters, how to grow newsletters, those kind of things. So a very helpful uh, episode of Social Cues the podcast, and we had Kendall Baker on uh, this past week. So I really enjoyed it. It was kind of one of the highlights in an otherwise dreary year of 2020. But uh, to have Kendall come on, that was really cool. So, Very cool. Yeah. So, all right. Next week, Amy, obviously, happy Thanksgiving. So I know you're going RVing in the mountains. I'm going to the beach with a family, and we will have a show. So not sure how much news there will be in the SBC next week. You never know. We never know this from week to week, obviously. And uh, But we'll have something of a show next week, probably a, an abbreviated show, and uh, maybe list a few things in the SBC we're thankful for. That'd be kind of fun to do that. And Amy, I don't know if you've looked at this lately, but um, we're about four weeks from quite the milestone here.
1: Yeah. We're coming up on 300 episodes. Yeah. 300 weeks of my life.
0: Yes. And mine too. So, well, actually, not three hundred weeks because we've had some interview episodes that we dropped in the middle. So, there's been it's it's been five and a half years though. So crazy, yeah. That's it, it's that's been really about two hundred and seventy five weeks of your life, but we're coming up on episode three hundred. So we need some ideas on how to celebrate episode three hundred. We could go bowling because. That's, you know, got something to do with 300, but that'd be kind of a weird podcast and that really wouldn't work. So we need some episode ideas from our listeners. Who should we have on for episode 300? So uh, working on getting some missionaries on actually in the next few episodes from overseas to uh, talk about Lottie Moon and just talk about their ministry and some of the missions work the SVC is doing. So if you have ideas for us for episode number 300, send them our way on Twitter.
1: Very cool. I am I am excited about that. So we we will definitely have to be brainstorming that.
0: Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for us this week here on the podcast. Want to thank Southwestern Seminary once again for sponsoring each and every episode here at SPC this week. Amy, happy Thanksgiving and I'll see you next week.
1: See you next week.